Hey guys, thanks for listening to The Issue Podcast. Make sure you listen every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Also check out our Instagram at the underscore issue podcast and our Twitter at the issue podcast. Listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is November 9th. It is Monday, and we are back with another episode it of is The Issue. a joyous Monday. Yeah. In uh, studio. You're back from your little hiatus there. It's been a... Uh, We're both, you know, kind of sane right now, so it's like... It's just a really good Monday. No, yeah, it's it's really good. Uh, the Steelers I'm, are 8-0. Right. You know, we're going to get to... We're gonna get to them a little bit later, but hey, wins a win. They're eight zero. Right. Um, and it just feels exciting good. week of football. Feels it was, good to be was, back in the studio oh, too. It feels amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's I was just so uh, good. in South Carolina for a family wedding, um, so we were down there for for four days. It's been. It feels like it's been forever since I've been sitting oh, here using the mics and, and the new studio and everything. But it's uh, quite amazing. We do have a good episode for you guys today. We have our Sunday. Uh, well, we have. A, we're gonna start with Monday predictions. Uh, we're gonna get into our Sunday thoughts. Uh, I know Tim has a rant on the Steelers to, uh, coming oh. up, and then oh, uh, we're gonna finish scary. things off with a discussion um, about the MLB and using a DH and kind of what we how we feel about the DH. So. Um, yeah, just something to kind of spice it up. First there. of all, we also have some good news. Uh, our podcast is officially IAB certified. What uh, was IEB? IAB. Oh, IAB. Uh, yes, okay. we have moved. All right. Moving up, uh, it's that next step before we become syndicated. Um, you know, all good things, better statistics on our end, uh, better feedback from listeners. So uh, either way, it's just it's just preferred. You yeah, know? so it's never a bad thing to become what certified is technically the term, yeah, right? Yep. Never a bad idea, right? It's like going to your doctor and it's like, hey man, like we're certified. It's like, okay, well that's preferred. Like yeah. that's that's what we need right, right. there. <laughs> so we are now officially a certified uh podcast. Uh so we got, thank you for listening. Uh thank you for being our base of listeners that we have right now. But we're going to hop right into this here. We're going to get into predicting for Monday night. Yeah, the game like technically here technically started. Yeah. All right. But I will preface this by saying whether it started or not, I wouldn't touch this game with a 10-foot pole to begin with, right? Oh, I would not. Um, look, we got Joe Flacco playing for the Jets against Cam Newton um, for the for the Pat Riots. Um, <laughs> <laughs> either way, okay. So basically the line opened at nine points to the Patriots. Um, yeah. If we're going off that, ba- off that line right now, it's the end of the first quarter. Patriots up 7-3. Even without that, I still would have taken the Patriots to cover. And here's why. Joe Flacco, no mobility. None. If Belichick's good at one thing, it's scheming rushers free. It gave the Steelers fits forever. That amoeba defense, do you remember that? So they would put like one down lineman, and then everyone else would just kind of like stand somewhere around the line of scrimmage. Yeah. And so the offensive lineman, the quarterback, no one had any idea who was coming. And so if Belichick can do anything, it's going to be scheme rushers open. And there's one thing that can hurt Flacco. Look, if you give Flacco time, he's an experienced quarterback. He'll pick you apart. Oh, he was great for the. Or I wouldn't say great. Well, but he was really. Great. He was pretty good for the Ravens he was for a long time. Above average quarterback. He would have been a solid tier three quarterback for yeah a long part of his career. For, yeah. And so if you give him time, he's still going to be able to accurately make throws down the field and pick a defense apart. I mean, yeah. oh yeah, um, especially a team that's kind of decimated right now. I don't even know if Gilmore. I don't think Gilmore's even playing. So no, he's still he's a still defense out. that's not great. 
if you give Flacco time, he'd be able to pick you apart. But I think he won't because Belichick is going to scheme a lot of free rushers. And without mobility, and, and it's a rebuilding off the line to begin with. So bad offensive line, no mobility. Rebuilding or Defensive genius. Terrible. Yeah. Defensive genius. I just think that's going to be the difference. And so I will take New England. I will take them to cover. But with that being said, the money line is so heavily favored towards the Patriots. And I don't feel confident enough to say that I'd pick the Patriots. No. I would put like 30, 40 bucks on the Jets. Because Co- the least, payout would covering. be the payout, yeah, yeah, at least covering the payout would be worth it. Yeah, because the money line's so heavily favored towards them because they're such underdogs. Yeah, I would, I would definitely take the Patriots to win no matter what. Because I mean, if we've been, seen anything consistent this year, it's that the Jets are consistently horrendous. Oh my, horrific, absolutely terrible. So I mean, I, I would take the Patriots for sure. Um, and you know what? If Darnold would have been playing, I would have taken the Jets to cover that. I don't think. Well, I, I think. I think with Darnold, that changes things a lot. I think. Well, the line was. I think it was like. What was the dude? I wish I had the line from before. It was like I know what you're talking about. It was like seven points. I think. I don't even know if it was that. It might have been less. But then once Flacco, once they announced Flacco, went up to nine. Yeah. If it was Darnold, I would take the Jets to cover, but it's not. It's Flacco, so I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the Patriots to win. I'm gonna take the Patriots to cover the nine and a half spread. I mean, yeah, it depends where you look. CBS has it as ten. I know Fox Sports had it nine. I think um, Yahoo had nine and a half. Yeah, I have nine and a half on mine. So, so. Um, I mean, yeah. just all around, it's probably gonna be one of the worst. I, just, games. I, I do wish I had line from when Darnold was there because it definitely jumped up I think at least three points which I think is fair because Darnold can make some plays yeah I mean overall it's probably gonna be one of the worst games of the year I mean these are two just terrible teams I think it'll be like entertaining because their skill levels are very very close if you Hmm. actually look at I know we don't we got it up here oh yeah we got it up the Patriots are punting right now oh interesting so we're definitely keep gonna that on. To... Just turn the volume off. That way we can watch it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we'll be able to be keep track. Heard just... very clearly. All right, I will That's just perfect. turn that down. Um, yeah, we'll give you guys like updates and stuff like that. But uh, I just think if you actually look at the teams, I know like historically we don't think like oh the Jets and Patriots are like on the same level. No, no, no. Talent wise, they are very close. Yeah. Very close. At least this year, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Obviously this year. I think, I think generally, like we said, historically we don't even think of them as close. But this year they are close, <laughs> to say the least. Um, Somehow, <laughs> well, I think it's just because the Patriots have what eight opt outs, yeah, eight opt outs. Um, Gilmore's hurt, just losing like a bunch of talent. Look, Julian Edelman has declined rapidly, and he's like their led best the league in drops last yeah. year. I think he probably top five this year. Nikhil Harry seems like a bust. Can't get any separation. They lost obviously the best quarterback of all time. Like I didn't, we didn't expect yeah. them to be that good. Belichick has a plan, though. I know he does. Um, he does. He's going to reboot, and he's going to get a quarterback. Yeah. Do you want to uh, Do you to get to our Sunday thoughts? Real quick, though, I do want to say one thing before we get to Sunday thoughts. What's that? Zach Wilson to the Patriots. Zach okay. Wilson. Zach Wilson, the BYU quarterback. Yes. Call me crazy. Isn't BYU kind of a religious school? It is. It's very religious Okay, school. I'm not saying that, obviously, like, religion and football tie together. Look, you could be any religion you want to be and still play football at a high level. Right. Obviously, that doesn't matter. But I feel like for – obviously, I've never been to BYU 
maybe someone correct, correct me if I'm wrong. I think there's probably a high level of discipline at BYU. Yeah, I mean, more where than... else is there in the foot in National Football League, if anywhere, that has the highest level of discipline? The New England Patriots. That's true. Call me crazy, dude can make plays, can run, can pass, strong arm, can throw on the run, changes arm angle, which is huge nowadays, and That's... has been in a structured system. Yeah. I mean, I could definitely see it. I don't know. Call me crazy. Call me crazy, but... And I think I think a guy like man, Zach Wilson is somebody that could slip to the Patriots. That's what I'm saying. They could get him in the second round. I don't think... I think he was going to have to continue this torrent run that he's on. He's on an insane season so far. If he finishes like this and he's a Heisman finalist... I think it would be hard for the Patriots to get him. If, well, if he, but if the he thing is, though, I don't finalist. think he's going to be... He's not a top three quarterback in this draft. I think it's pretty clear that Lawrence fields Lance. Yes. I think that you could contend Wilson for Lance, but either way, I think New England's going to be able to get a top four quarterback. Mm-hmm. And whether it's Wilson or Lance, I think they'd be fine with either one of them falling to them. Right. Yeah. So, I, I mean, don't know. Just just some food for thought here. That's not. It, it would. It's not crazy. It's not. That's that not crazy. crazy to think about. It's not that crazy. I don't but know. It's it definitely going to be we'll interesting. See. I'm I, I'm excited to see what Belichick's cooking up because you yeah. know he's got something in that back burner, and when it comes be, out, yeah. I think it's going to be a little shocking. But I don't think we're going to know for like five years. I'd, I'd I know they three. get a quarterback next year, but like it doesn't always work out right away. No, they're going to have to build around them. Yeah, you're right. I think three years. I think we won't know for three years, but then like once that three year mark hits, we could be looking at the page and be like, uh oh, they are going to be scary again. Yeah. Well. Hopefully they, uh, you know, let the Steelers win every now yeah, and then. Yeah, well, you know. Um, so we're gonna get into our Sunday thoughts. Um, what game do you want to start with? Um, well, I was gonna actually segue here a little bit perfectly. You know, speaking of dominant uh, in the next dynasty, how about we just start with the Chiefs? All right, yeah, let's go there first. They have to be. They now this game. They was... are the next dynasty. It was close though. It was really close. Um, uh, Mahomes is so good. It like, oh my god, him and Andy Reid are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Did you see the play where they put Mahomes in motion? Yeah, and then he threw a touchdown. That was one of the most spectacular schematic plays I've ever seen in my lifetime. Yeah, because what the motion did was it moved the linebacker who was responsible for literally dead center of the field zone. Yeah, he was. Yeah, it moved him, confused him, and allowed Demarcus Robinson to be wide open in the back of the end zone. It was so simple yet so genius. Yeah. And Mahomes was obviously Mahomes. 30 for 45, 273, four touchdowns, no picks, 122 QBR. But you know who looked really dominant as well? That would be Christian McCaffrey on the other side of the football. Dude, he had 10 catches. How many fantasy points did he give you? 37 people. <laughs> Let's go. 37.8, actually. So close to 38. Wow. Look, this guy gave you 10 for 82 and a touchdown through the air. And 18 for uh, about 70 yards on the ground for a touchdown. He's dominant. He's really good. He's the best back in football. Uh, it was a good matchup, man. It was really close for a long time. I was watching it in a... Uh, it, was, it was close the whole way. Look, 33-31, that was close all game. I was watching it at a tavern in South Carolina where they had about 15 games on side-by-side. Side. It was really nice football watching for me. Yeah, I agree. Um I do want to say one thing. I was talking to my roommate. He has Le'Veon Bell. He's like, oh, how's it for a bad pickup, bad start, and only four carries for eight yards, one catch for negative five yards, right? And I go, all right, well, like, let's just take a step back here. Everyone's like, oh, you always have to establish the run game. You always have to. Okay, but 
But not always, because if you look at the weakness of Carolina, it's their back end. Mm-hmm. And it's their pass rush. It's their ability to to guard the pass. And so I don't think it's crazy just full-on drop back and say, look, this is your weakness. This is our strength. Why not go right at it? Yeah. And, and Casey did. They didn't putz around. Only 12 carries for 30 yards total for the whole team. Right. Yet they still were dominant. Most of the game, it was actually 33-24, and then Carolina scored a touchdown with like a minute left or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I just thought Casey was really good. But I did like I did like you said Christian McCaffrey that cha- he changes their team. Oh, 100%. 100%. It, you watched Carolina the weeks before when he was out and then this week they they looked like an entirely different football team and there was only one difference and that's the addition of Christian McCaffrey coming back. They looked like a completely different football team this week than yeah. they have the last couple no, of weeks I agree. without him. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from Mike Davis, who filled in for McCaffrey. He did a great job. Mike Davis was a really solid player in the absence of Christian McCaffrey. But it was a noticeable difference. It was noticeable. The 10 catches, that's noticeable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, all right, well, moving on here. wasn't that big of a game. Uh, <laughs> let's go Tennessee at Chicago. I think this t- told a little bit about both teams. So fr- on Friday, I said... Look, this is going to be a game where we're going to like know a lot about Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. Because I think they're going to stop Derrick Henry. I think they're going to stop the running game for the Titans. And I think it's going to have to be mostly on Ryan Tannehill. And I want to say two things. Yes, Tannehill had a decent start. 105 QBR, two touchdowns, no picks. Here's my issue. Pass, or, uh, completion percentage under 50. Didn't mm-hmm. even crack 200 yards. And actually got a defensive touchdown. So without that defensive touchdown, this game is 17-17. Yeah, it goes to overtime. Ryan Taylor didn't play that well. He really didn't. And what I also didn't like is he did not sprinkle that ball around. Out of his 158 yards, 101 of them went to A.J. Brown. And I think... That's a one-trick... They are a two-trick pony. Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown. That's it. Their defense is bottom five in the league. And Ryan Tannehill, we have him in Tier 2 right now, might drop down to Tier 3 because that's now his second straight, second to third straight start where he hasn't looked decent. Uh, yeah. Um, another thing I want to talk about here, if the Bears had any sort of a rushing game in oh, this game, they would be so they good. Win. Because Nick Foles had to drop back 52 times, okay? He went 36 for 52, 335 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. A 99 QBR. Yeah. And then you look at the rushing numbers, and it's crazy because Montgomery went 14 rushes for 30 yards and a fumble. If you actually take out... So if you look on the rushing box score there, you see a guy named Mingo. You see that? Yeah, I do see Do you know who Barkevious Mingo is? Don't click on his name. I have no idea who this is. Okay, this is going to be a little trivia here for you. Do you know who Barkevious Mingo is? No. All right, well, do you know what position Barkevious Mingo plays? I would hope running back. No, no, he's an outside linebacker. Mm, that's he good. actually that's ran good. a fake punt for 11 yards. If you take away his production, they have 19 carries for 45 yards. There we go. That is atrocious. That is not terrible. Good. Not Their good. actual and Cordell Patterson is actually technically he is a wide receiver, yep. and he had three for 13. Uh huh. 
their only running back that got a carry went 14 for 30 yards. I've been saying this forever. David Montgomery is not a good running back. He's not a good running back. I don't know if you remember me saying this. Do you remember me saying this? I do remember you saying Nothing this. Nothing sets him apart. He doesn't have an it factor he at all. He doesn't have it. Speed? No. Power? Eh. He did set the FBS record for most broken tackles, but it's not because of his elusiveness. It's just because he's like hard to bring down. But that hard to bring down doesn't translate to the NFL because guys are faster, stronger, mm-hmm. bigger, quicker, meaner, tougher. Right. Simple as that. And it hasn't translated. He has nothing special about his game. Mm-mm. And it didn't look like it. I mean, 14 rushes for 30 yards is pretty bad. But no, it didn't. But this was just a bad game. It was a bad and game. And the Bears, it's like, offense isn't this difficult. No. I don't know if it's a coaching thing. I understand that Nick Foles is limited. I understand the offensive line is less than ideal. But offense is not this hard. Tennessee's a bottom five defense. Yeah. Offense is not that difficult. Simple as that. But Tennessee gets the win, improves the 6-2. and two. Like I said, this shows a lot about the Bears. They've now lost, what, is that three straight, I think? Well, let me check. Um, yeah, losing streak of three as of right now. Yeah, they lost three straight. Um, I think it's showing that they're they're a pretender. I've been so we've been saying me, but me and you both have been saying it since the beginning. They're a pretender, not a contender. Yeah, both of us. And um, I think Tennessee's. Yeah. I said that we said that from the beginning. Tennessee's eh. Tennessee's the, the the team that really didn't belong in the undefeated category as long as they did. No, I agree. I mean, you look at the teams they played. The Bengals bad loss. Lost to the Steelers. Like one of the only good teams they've faced. They faced two good teams all year, and it's been the Steelers and um, the Bills, and they're one and one. Yeah. So, I don't know. All right, moving on. Baltimore beats Indianapolis 24-10. Lamar had a terrible first half, but turned it on. Actually, not even Lamar, just the whole offense looked out of sync in the first half. Lamar goes 10 for 10 in the second half, finishes with a 98 pass rating, was their leading rusher. It was the Lamar Jackson show. No touchdowns through the air. None. Zero. Well, we've been saying it forever. He's not a top five passer. No. He's not a top 10 passer. He's not a top 15 He's not a top five quarterback right now. I would put him in a top 15 quarterback because of his total overall production but he's not a top 10 quarterback you know we really have to reevaluate him on a tier Lamar really hasn't impressed me at all this season the only thing that I think that is special about Lamar is just his running ability and what that opens up for you okay but like really though how many really successful running quarterbacks have there been in the NFL Russell Wilson that's it Fran Tarkenton kind of Steve Young was a scrambler, okay. but not like, like actually, actually running. Running like you look like at, like runs like over like eight nine times. Right. Like, you look at guys like RG three people that run the ball like that. They tend to have very short life expectancies in the NFL because they get hit so much. Look at the best quarterbacks you could think of. Look at Tom Brady. Look at Peyton Manning. Look at you go a Dan Marino. If you go from quarterback to quarterback and think about the all time greats of the game, they are all pocket passers if well, you have a good arm yeah and you can sit in the pocket if you can move through the pocket avoid sacks scramble a little bit make throws change your arm angle you're going to be a great quarterback but that doesn't mean that i need you to pick up and run like a like a running back 70 percent of the time like lamar does i don't think he i'm i'm going to say it right now i don't think lamar is a dominant quarterback in the league for more than three to four years i think he fizzles out in four years i think um, i think the ravens move on to a no, new quarterback by 2024 I, I promise I wouldn't you. go that far. I promise you. Watch it. 
I don't know if I'd go that far because I do think that he throws the ball decent enough, if that makes sense. And the fact that he's just able to do things that simply other humans are not able to do. If you look at the guys that fizzled out, look, RG3 was good. Yeah, he was fine. But he didn't have a single thing. Go back to David Montgomery. He doesn't have a single thing that go, oh, yeah, no no one else can do that. No no one else can do that. Look, no one else can move like Lamar. No one else. Look, you could look at Kyler Murray. Sweet. He's elusive. Not as elusive as him. Like, he does things that no one else can do. Right? Look, Josh Allen isn't the most accurate. He doesn't make the best decision all the time. But he has something that nobody else has, and that is elite arm strength. Elite arm strength. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, I think that's the reason he stays in the league, just because he's got something that no one else can do. I think mobile quarterbacks... We'll see, though. I, yeah, I think, personally, I believe mobile quarterbacks, Russell Wilson, I would for sure classify Patrick Mahomes as mobile. Guys that can extend the play with their I would feet. Say, I would say, like, yeah, I wouldn't put him in the Kyler Murray, no. obviously, Russell Wilson category, but no. he's mobile, yeah. Yeah, I would I would say mobile quarterbacks that can scramble, keep the play alive. I those are the guys. That's where the NFL is moving. The NFL is not moving to a running back slash quarterback kind of guy like Lamar. Be, be one or the other, man, because you can't be both in this league. I promise you, you cannot be both in the NFL. We ha- It's never worked before. It's never going to work, especially with linebackers. Like Humans are getting bigger, and they're getting faster, and they're getting stronger. You look at linebackers, they're like 6'4", run like a freaking gazelle, mm-hmm. and they, they can bench press like a car. That's not a, hu- that's not a human. <laughs> no. So, no, that I, is a freak of nature. So that's if, a transformer. If you're, if you're a quarterback that's going to run, look, think about it. How long do running backs usually last in the league? Until like 31? Okay. So Lamar Jackson is basically just a running back. How long is he going to last? Because he's taking shots like running backs week in and week out. He's leading his team in rushing every single week. Yeah. So I mean, I don't see him being around too much longer. I'm just saying it. Yeah, we'll see. I'm going to call it right now. All right, let's move on. All right, Seahawks lose to the Bills. Guys, my Russell Wilson MVP prediction is hurting me. I think he might have lost his MVP. With those two interceptions, that hurts. Yeah, it brings him up to eight on the season. That's high. Considering, yeah. I think any other year that Patrick Mahomes isn't having the year he's having, Russ has the MVP locked up. Yeah. But you look at Mahomes, he's 25 touchdowns, one pick. Russ is 28 and eight. That's not what you want. I mean, I mean, yes, he has the most touchdowns, but I will take 25-1 and one over 28-8 and eight all day. Yeah, but there's still a long time There ago. is still a long time. And then he had the two fumbles. It just, it wasn't a great game. But here, let me defend him on why. He doesn't have anybody. He has nobody. <laughs> Look, Josh Allen, the last, what, two, three weeks, he has looked terrible. Until this week. Look at all the quarterbacks that Seattle has played. So let's go to Seattle's... All the games that they've played so far. The Bills, Josh Allen had the best game of the year. The Niners, uh, well, they actually played pretty well against the Niners. All right, we'll, we'll give them that. Kyler Murray had the best game of the year, his best game of the year. Heck, I think even Kirk, look, Kirk Cousins even had a, a QBR of 93 against him. Yeah. Okay. How about, let's go to the Dolphins. Let's see what Ryan Fitzpatrick did. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick looked bad. But he still threw for 315 yards. Got sh- they, he shredded the defense. He just made two dumb picks. Cowboys, Dak, Dak went off. Dak went off. Three touchdowns, 94 QBR, 475 yards. Oh, how about Cam Newton, who 
is probably consensus one of the worst quarterbacks in the AFC so far. Right. Well, what a oh oh Cam Newton had a career day. oh thirty for forty four three ninety seven. He added three total touchdowns, one pick, ninety five QBR. Matt Ryan lit him up like a Christmas tree for a ninety nine QBR, four hundred fifty yards. Look, it's simply a bad defense. And Russell Wilson knows this. Russell Wilson's not dumb. Russell Wilson's not stupid. He's looking at it and go, oh yeah, no, I have to score on this drive. Look, I don't think the Bills punted. I don't think they punted. Yeah. They punted twice. The Bills punted twice. Mm-hmm. All game. Right. That's sad. Russell Wilson knows it. He knows, look, hey... I have to score on basically every possession. He knows he has like one, two possessions of wiggle room. Yeah, he he's pushing the ball a little bit. He's pressing a little bit too hard. He's but he, he has, has to. to. He has to. He doesn't have another option because if he doesn't do it, he loses. He has to at least take the chance and I trust agree. his abilities. No, I agree. But um, I mean, Josh Allen still look good. I'm not trying to take anything away from Josh Allen. Obviously, no, yeah. he played really well. But I also wouldn't look too much into this game. Yeah, uh, but I think the Seahawks just got Carlos Dunlop, so I think he's gonna. Um, Kind of work his way in there. Yeah. He played, but didn't play particularly well. He's still getting kind of used to the system and stuff. I, I wouldn't look too much into it, though. Well, before we get to the next game, I just want to give you a little update, Tim. Jets now lead 10-7. to Ooh, all right. Joe Flacco passes to Brashad Pierman to the right for a 50-yard touchdown. Oh, Brashad Pierman. Yeah. 50-yard touchdown. Huh? Hey, look at Joe Flacco proving us wrong out here. Um, it like, you know, I was proved us wrong. Who's that? Atlanta. Well, well I mean, proved, proved me wrong. wrong. Yeah. I, mean, I didn't have any stake um, in these predictions this week. I was kind of half right, half wrong on this game. My three things that I said, I said, can't trust Atlanta, think Drew Locke's going to be decent, and I think Jerry Judy's going to have a big game. Drew Locke was decent, Jerry Judy, had, Jerry Judy had a huge game, and apparently we could trust the Falcons this game. Uh, both teams are now 3-6. and six. The Falcons win 35-27. Drew Locke was decent. I think his issue is he just doesn't turn it on until the second half. Mm-hmm. Look, if you look, if you're box score watching, 25 for 48, 313 yards, two touchdowns, one pick, 78 QBR, which is a little bit low, but then adds a rushing touchdown. So he's got three total touchdowns, one pick. I'll take that. Yeah. Um, but the problem was in the first half, he was utterly abysmal. And they were down. He, he has I mean? been consistently this year. I mean, in the first half, the dude can't play. I mean, they were down 20-3 to three at half. So it's like, come on now. Mm-hmm. Um, I did say Jerry Dudu was going to have a huge game. 7 for 125 and a touchdown. Started him in fantasy. Let's go. Gotta love to see Put it. Put up 26 points for me. Huge. Uh, there just wasn't really a whole lot to look at the, this game. Both teams aren't good. Both teams five. aren't good defensively. Matt Ryan had 112 QBR. Yeah. And Matt Ryan's generally like a 97 and 98 QBR type of guy. Um, so he had a really good game. Three and five, three and six teams. So yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Denver's now three and five. Um, all right, moving on to another game that no one really, really should care about unless you live in Detroit or Minnesota. Ooh, sorry. Mm. Uh, <laughs> the Vikings were the better team, and they won. Obviously, Dalvin Cook is right in the conversation with Christian McCaffrey for the best running back. Twenty-two for two hundred six and two touchdowns. That's insane. He had almost just as many. He had more total yards than Kirk Cousins. Dalvin Cook did. Yeah. He had 14 less yards. If you take just Cousins, well, Cousins didn't run. So if you take Cousins' passing numbers, 
and just Dalvin Cook's running numbers. So yards that they are directly, they you know like responsible for. Yeah, Dalvin Cook had more yards. That's crazy. It's insane. Um, but yeah, you said Stafford looked bad. Stafford did look bad. The two picks are not a good look. Nope. And then they bring in Chase Daniels, Chase Daniels who throws a pick too. It was just the Lions were bad. Look, we were saying this from the beginning. Remember when um. Reggie Ragland thought that they had all the same pieces as the KC Super Bowl team, and yeah. I flamed them. Yeah. Like, he thought the Lions were going to be like a contender, like a yeah. serious contender this year. Pretty and that was hysterical. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I could. I mean, I did predict that they wouldn't be. Um, this game just, there's not much to talk about other than it's that just Dalvin too, Cook like, There's is a just lot amazing. of games that like no one really cares about. Look, look. I'm sorry, Detroit, Minnesota. You guys are both out of the playoffs. Pretty much, no one cares about you. Yeah. Sorry, Denver, Atlanta. Both of you guys are probably looking for a quarterback after this year because Drew Locke doesn't seem like he has what it takes to play football. What? How many minutes are in an NFL game? Sixty. Yeah, sixty. Minutes. Sixty full good average, at least above average minutes of football. He could give you thirty solid minutes <laughs> at the but very that's it. end. Too bad we need sixty. Um. Look, going on to the another game that no one really cares about. Houston and Jacksonville. Not one singular person outside of those areas actually care about this game. Yeah. Deshaun Watson looked like Deshaun Watson. 109 QBR. Continues to be so good. With a terrible team around terrible. him. Terrible. Terrible supporting cast. Nobody. Um, I mean, when Will Fuller is your number one receiver with five receptions for 100 yards and a touchdown, I mean, that's not bad, but, like, come on. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Uh and then I think the story was honestly Deshaun Watson led the team in rushing. He leads the team in rushing all the time. Yards. I think he actually leads the team in rushing on the season for the year. Yeah, but I mean, come on. If oh no, gonna, he actually doesn't. David Johnson does, but I think it's. Oh, it's actually not that. It's actually not that close. Watson has like 200 yards. Uh, Johnson has 400, but still, that's sad. I can't believe it. I mean, Watson leads the team in rushing this time. Obviously, does really well throwing the ball too and they barely win because one they have no defense and two they have no defense and then three did i mention they don't have a defense well, yeah and then here's why they don't have a defense look jake luton or whatever lutton yeah the sixth round pick out of oregon state who no one really knows about no one really cares about went 26 for 38 304 yards two total touchdowns one pick 90 qbr no yeah. Dude looked like he could kind of play. He did look like he could And play. I can't tell if it's because they're that bad on defense, the Texans are, or if he's actually decent. Yeah. I was saying on Friday, I don't know if you heard it, but I think I thought he was going to play like a sixth-round pick. He didn't. He played pretty well. But um, he's got the intangibles. He's like 6'6", 220. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's all that mobile, but he had a 13-yard touchdown run. So, I mean, uh, call me crazy. So, People think that just because he got drafted in, like, you know, the sixth round or whatever, that he has to stay a backup. I understand Gardner Minshew is probably a better quarterback right now. But so is Drew Bledsoe when Tom Brady got inserted into the game. Yeah. And you know who was actually healthy at some point in that season? Who's that? Drew Bledsoe. You know who they didn't put back in? Drew yeah. Bledsoe. Yeah. Because they looked at Tom Brady and said, all right, well, we might as well give it a shot. Who knows? I'm not saying Jake Luton or whatever is going to be the next Tom Brady. No one, there's never going to be another Tom Brady. But just but like, who knows if he can play or not? Yeah. Who knows? You put him in the right system with the right guys. Boom, done. 
he could be solid for at least your next seven years. Yeah. I mean, I'm saying if you got a chance to get Trevor Lawrence, I would take that. <laughs> but I think you got to play this kid the rest of the way. The next what? Eight? They have eight games remaining. They're now one and seven. They have eight games remaining. I you got to see what he has. I got. wouldn't stick with Minshew. You have to see what he can do. Yeah. Whether you fake an injury for Minshew or just straight up tell him, hey man, we got to see what we got here. We know what we have in you. Like they know what they have in Minshew. Yeah, it's not a secret. Let's see what they have in Lutton or yeah. Luton or whatever. Um, right, move on. How about a game we actually got right here? Uh, the Giants uh, and Washington. Everyone was picking Washington. I said, no, no, the Giants are getting better every week. I like their defense. I'll take the Giants. Daniel Jones looked solid. 94 QBR, 212 yards, touchdown, no picks. They had a solid running game. 35 for 166 yards. I thought it was a pretty well-rounded, well-rounded football game for. Uh, Did you see that fumble? for Daniel Jones? Did you see that fumble? Oh my god! That nobody could recover. Well, I mean, they're two really bad teams. So I mean, you can see them all <laughs> trying to pick it up. No, no, no! You fall on the football. You fall on the football. Covered up. They were both. They were all trying to pick it up. That's why we kept like squirming away. Yeah, it was hilarious. I mean, you played youth football. on the same team. Everyone knows you fall on the ball. It was hilarious. You don't pick it up. Yeah, it was hilarious to watch though. Um. Oh man, Alex Smith, that hurt to watch. Um, yeah, I mean, when you have he to started a- out like he started out like uh, what was I gonna say? I don't know. What were you gonna say? I don't know. I got a, I got a text from a random number when I was looking at the game. It kind of threw me off there for a second. Uh, I think I he went. He started out like sixteen for like eighteen or something like that with like two hundred yards, a touchdown, no picks. So, if, if, so that's roughly what he had. So 16 for 18. Yeah. Since then, he went, what, like 8 for like 14 with no touchdowns, three picks. So he started good. It went bad. Yeah, really but, bad. Um, yeah, anyway, I think the Giants actually, they kind of remind me of Miami last year. Mm-hmm. Because they're like building a culture. They're like losing the right way, if that makes sense. Getting a little bit better every week. Yep. Um, so we'll see how that pans out. I think once he gets Saquon back, it's a different team anyway. Yep. All right, Las Vegas and um, the... Chargers. Yeah, the Chargers. So... Let's see. Derek Carr looked good. Uh, 13 for 23. 56 completion percentage. Meh. 165 yards. Didn't crack 200, but two touchdowns, no picks. You're not turning the ball over. 108 QBR. Um, also... Look, people... people uh, I've been saying it for... As long as we've had this podcast, and I've been saying it to my friends and stuff like that before, Derek Carr is a solid NFL quarterback. He's, good. he's a top twelve quarterback. It's just a matter of him getting along with Gruden. It is. Look, he's sixteen touchdowns, two picks. People. Yeah, he's really. What good. do you? What more do you want from the man? I don't know, but you know who else looks good? It's your boy Justin Herbert. Oh man, he's he's exceptional. Twenty eight for forty two, three hundred twenty six yards, two touchdowns, no picks, a hundred and six QBR. Also added uh, five rushes for 24 yards, averaging 4.8 yards a carry on the ground. Dude is really mobile. He can throw the ball really well. I saw some highlights of him squeezing the ball into really, really tight windows. He's a really solid quarterback. I think he's going to be something he's special. He's going to be good for so long. Yeah. And he's got that thing that, you know, I say we you got to look for, like, that it factor. that, that some, You get something that's got to set you apart. Right. Mahomes is kind of everything. Yeah, Mahomes is and, a, a And here's the thing about Herbert, though. I'm not saying he's Mahomes yet, but he's got, like, a little bit of everything. He does have some. Yes, I think his arm strength is top five in the league already. He can make all the throws with ease. Have you ever seen him throw the football? 
It looks oh my like god, it's beautiful. It's effortless. It's a, it is completely effortless. That's a perfect word to describe it. But I think the thing about him though is he has a little bit of everything. He's got size, which comes, which usually with size comes durability and strength, and obviously strength. Yeah, which also helps arm strength. But he's got like, I want to say, it's called short distance quickness. I want to say is what it is. Meaning he can make some dudes miss in the short distance. He's not Kyler Murray. He's going to scamper for 40 yards, you know? Yeah. But in the short term, he can make dudes miss a little bit. For sure. For sure. And I, I just think, I think he's got a little bit of everything. I think he's going to be really good. Yep. Um, 31-26 uh, Vegas wins over the Chargers. They improve to, what is it? Uh, five and three. Chargers fall to two and six. Uh, playoff such hopes. a good two and six team, oh, though. Yeah, they are a really good two and six team. Yeah. Um, um, how about Miami Arizona? Wild entertaining game. game. It was really good. Both um, teams now five and three. Miami wins thirty four thirty one. Both quarterbacks played so well. Tua doesn't really have an it factor, but he played really well. Twenty for twenty eight, two hundred and forty eight yards, two touchdowns, no picks, one hundred and twenty two QBR. Here's the thing, though. I don't think he he. I don't know if I want to say he doesn't have an it factor, but he does have something that sets him apart, and that's his pinpoint accuracy. His accuracy? Oh, yeah. he is one of the most accurate distributors of the football that A, got drafted, and then B, young quarterbacks, like five years of experience or less, he's probably the most accurate of all of them. And uh, that sets him apart, and I don't think he has to be an incredible athlete or be big, strong, tough. Look, that defense is solid. Mm-hmm. With Brian Flores, who's a defensive coach, Tua just needs to be good. Not great, good. He needs to be exactly what he was. 20 for 28, two touchdowns, no picks, 122 QBR. Yeah. Ran for like two first downs, stole a couple couple first downs with his legs. That's all he needs to do. That's, That's it. That's it. Distribute the football, get it to your playmakers, let the defense work. And, well, the defense did not work that well, but that's probably because Kyler Murray is he's insane. Did Kyler you look Murray. at his stat line? Yep, 21 for 26, 81% completion percentage. 283 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, 151 QBR. Also added, added a touchdown on the ground, four how touchdowns many, how, overall. How many yards did he get on the ground there? 106, 106 rushing yards on 11 attempts. That dude's scary. Only lost one fumble. He is scary. Four touchdowns, one turnover. That's scary. That's a total of 389, 389 total yards for Kyler Murray. Yeah. He <coughs> is definitely going up to Tier 2. I think Is so. he already Tier 2? No, I don't think no, he is. He is 100% three. now Tier 2. He, uh, There's no reason to keep him out. Undeniable, he's Tier 2. All right. Um, all right, let's go Tampa Bay getting trounced they by New Orleans. Throttled. Wow. Um... Five rushing attempts is the lowest ever in NFL history. Um, they had five attempts for eight yards, did the Buccaneers. And actually, they had one carry for seven yards, and then every other one was like kind of negative. They had one other positive run, that was it. Brady must love throwing picks in Tampa or something, because I've never seen this man throw this many picks. Uh, oh, God, it was just a really... I mean, there's not even much to say. It was, about a, ba- it was a terrible game. I thought it honestly came down to coaching. Look, Tampa Bay on a short week with a lesser coach. Yeah. Going against Sean Payton, Hall of Famer, and Drew Brees on a full week. Yeah. You know, I think that was the difference. It is. But Pardon we'll see. Um, where do you want to go? What else is left? Oh. Just Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's it. Um, so, 
Pittsburgh barely Ooh. beats the Dallas Cowboys 24-19. We are still 8-0, so don't freak out. Yeah, I, I thought Ben played really well, too. 114 QBR, 306 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Garrett Gilbert looked solid. I don't think he's that good. I think the Pittsburgh defense was just that bad this week. I It did not look like a good defense. I'm going to get into a little bit of why um, after the break here. But, yeah, it didn't look great. I thought Tony Pollard for Dallas should have got way more carries. He only had nine carries for 57 yards. Averaged 6.3 yards a carry. Every time he touched the ball, he was, was like a blur. Yeah. He was really good. New York Jets go up 13-7 to over the Patriots. Now improving to a six-point lead here right before the half. Um, wow. All right. But just wanted to add that little bit in there. Yeah. Before yeah. we keep wait, what's talking. The, wait, what's the score now? 13-7. Okay. New York. Okay. Um, but the Steelers. You know, James Conner did not look good. The coaching did not look good. I just want to say this. Well, I'm going to get to my rant here, and then maybe you can well, interject here. But right, well, I, we're going to get to the rant after the break. Yeah. yeah. Um, all I want to say about this game is that why, why would you continue to run the ball up the middle on inside zones when you can clearly see that Dallas is stacking the defensive line. They're bringing their linebackers up. In the A gap, too. In the box, in the A and the B gaps. Every single time on third and short, on second and short, every time the Steelers normally would run an inside zone, they bring everybody up, and then what happens? Oh, the Steelers get stopped at the line, and oh look, here comes Jordan Barry on to punt again. When, when is Randy Feekner going to figure it out and start making in-game adjustments? Because I've never seen that coach make an in-game adjustment in my entire life. It's always after half. Like, dude, can't you realize that what you're doing is not working to this point? It's not working. And he needs to be able to accept that. Uh, we're going to hear more about this coming up in the second segment with Tim's rant on the Steelers, so don't go anywhere. What's up, guys? It's the uh, boys here from The Issue. We just wanted to give the guys over at Rockville a formal shout-out. Yeah, they are fantastic. They have everything from lighting to audio for your car, your boat, and power sports, along with, you know, that's even where we got our new equipment for the studio. Yeah, no, absolutely. For some great equipment, um, hit up Rockville Audio. Check out their great prices um, for all your audio, uh, podcast, microphone needs. Yo, what's up? It is second segment. Yeah, we're the back. The issue, um, November 9th here. Yeah, little we, update here. You want to get us the halftime score yeah, real it's quick? 20 to 10. New oh, York. is it 20 to 10? New York? All right, all they right. scored. Okay. We thought, so, guys, we're a little bit wrong so there's far. 13, there's 13 to 7 or 13 10. And uh, we walked away and, and was letting the first segment kind of upload here. And, um, well, it's now 2010 going into the half. The Jets are up. This is not good news for New England fans. But uh, we, we did we did pick the Jets to cover, though. So, I mean, yeah. so far we're sitting pretty. Right. Um, but, uh, so we left off the first segment. I was talking about the Steelers kind of voicing my disappointment. Oh. Uh, Tim, take it over. All right, guys. So... I know that my Pittsburgh guys out there are going to say are going to kind of kind of bang on me a little bit here. I think Steelers are an overrated team, but I do want to say that 
out of the top, they're definitely a top five team. Top three, maybe. I would say they have the most upside. And so I'm going to get to what I think they do poorly. What I think they did poorly, like exceptionally poorly this past weekend. And then what I think that they could do well. And where they could still grow and be a top two or even the best team in the league, right? Like the clear-cut number one. Um, but like, seriously, I'm a diehard Steelers fan. It pains me to say that they're overrated. It does. But I said this on Friday's podcast. I said that that this is a game, historically, that Pittsburgh loves to lose. They love to lose these games. Two, three years ago when they lost to Jay Ajayi, no one knew who Jay Ajayi was before that. No one has known who he is since then. Pittsburgh loves to lose those games. And good Lord, did they try. They tried to give it to Dallas. They might have, I think Tomlin ran, if he, if you could have a, a physical W, he would have ran it over to the other sideline, I swear to God. Um, so I'm going to start by saying this. Obviously, they didn't lose. That's good. That's good because at the end of the day, there's a win column. There's a loss column. They put one in the win column, and they continue to stack wins. That's what we want to see. They're beating the teams they have on their schedule. That's what the goal is. But now I'm going to get into what they did and then what they have continued to do poorly. And that's simple coaching, weekly coaching. Because their halftime adjustments have been solid. We've seen that they're a really strong second-half team. So something clicks at halftime for the coaches. But the I don't know if it's preparation during the week or something like that, but they were thoroughly 100% outcoached. And let me open your mind for a minute. or I want you to open your mind for a minute and allow me to point out why. Garrett Gilbert was in the AAF. The Alliance of American Football. <laughs> Along with another quarterback like Logan, I think, Whiteside, and Jordan Tamu, backups. Perennial backups. Journeymen, if you will. And they made Garrett Gilbert look like a borderline franchise quarterback making his first ever start. Because that was his first start. And if that's your first start... So say you draft him in the fifth round, and that's his first ever start. You're looking at it and you're going, oh, we found something. We found something. But he's already six years past being a technical rookie, so no one actually thinks much of it. But in reality, if you grabbed Jacob Eason, who was a, what, a second, third round pick, and said, here you go, kid, make your first start, and he put up the stats that Garrett Gilbert did, the world would be praising him right now against that defense, right? So they allowed that Garrett Gilbert-led Dallas offense, who's been utterly abysmal without Dak Prescott, go 8 for 17 on third down. That's actually better than the Steelers. The Steelers were 5 for 13. That is one word. That's inexcusable. If you can't get off the field, that's that's inexcusable against Dallas. They were terrible. I'm going to point something else out to you. This alters time of possession. Dallas had the ball about 8 minutes more than Pittsburgh. That's not what you want. You want to be a dominant team. You want to control the clock. You want to control the game against those bad teams. Because when you let a bad team stay in the football game and dictate the terms, that's what the bad team wants. That's how they win. So that's not good. Also, the Pittsburgh defense allowed 4.6 yards of carry. That's the second game in a row that they've allowed more than 4.5 yards of carry. I actually think they allowed over 5 against Baltimore. So two back-to-back games with abysmal run defense. 4.6. 4.6. That's a first down every two carries, roughly. Almost. But don't be fooled, though, because people say, well, the turnover margin... This, that, the other thing. Well, that's a tricky stat because when you play bad teams like the Steelers have, I think six out of the eight teams have had a losing record, actually less than three wins. Six out of the eight teams have less than three wins. When you play a bad bad teams like the Steelers have, actually, I'm sorry, five out of five out of eight. 
turnovers cover up a lot of the other, you know, we'll, we'll use the the word gunk on this show, right? Yeah. <laughs> the other the other crap, if you will. Appreciate um, that. But this is that that type of four point six yards a carry and eight for seventeen, almost fifty percent on third down. That doesn't fly against Patrick Mahomes because he has one pick on the year, and they are, I think, the third best team on third down in the league. So that that doesn't fly against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Um, also, back to coaching. So. If you don't believe me, how about how about you take Jimmy Johnson's word for it? The Hall of Fame quarterback, or not quarterback, coach um, from the Dallas Cowboys. And he went on the, the herd with Colin Coward and said, this is a rough quote. I don't have the actual quote in front of me, but he said, um, the Cowboys were, and he used the word significantly, significantly more prepared to play football than the Pittsburgh Steelers. And let me tell you why that hurts. Because the knock, my knock, Colin Coward's knock, Nick Wright's knock, even Skip Bayless's knock, who's a, a Dallas fanboy any mcafee too any podcast guy that you respect and listen to obviously other than us if you're listening you you listen to us but i'm not if you listen to anyone else or if you see anyone else on tv anyone else that you respect even Stephen a smith the knock has been the cowboys are poorly coached the effort's not there the game plan and the scheme isn't there yet somehow the steelers coaching staff found a way to get out coached by a team who is globally known so far this year for one injuries and two being poorly coached let's take that fourth down attempt in the second quarter the Steelers had completed five straight passes to four different receivers before that for roughly 30 to 40 yards prior to prior to the 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 first down starting this little sequence that I'm going to discuss here five straight completion to four different receivers for about 30 yards um one of those being Actually, I'm sorry, one of those being the first down play of this sequence that I'm going to talk about. It was a five-yard pass to Anthony McFarland. So second and five from roughly like the Dallas 40. So we're kind of in no man's land, knowing that it's fourth down territory. Fans know it, coaches know it, players know it. Everyone knows it. Four down territory. Granted, if you get a sack, that's probably punt territory, right? Um, Randy Fickner then draws up one of the worst three-play sequences I've ever seen to turn the ball over on downs. Second and five, they run a trap scheme off guard. Guard doesn't get over there in time. Play's blown up. They get about one yard. Okay, sweet. Third and four. Okay, well, third and four. Oh, they run it again. Oh, after they completed five straight, they run it again on an inside zone scheme, which is weird because on third down, zone is, is known as like a kind of a cute little sneaky blocking scheme. On third down, I want my guys, who are more talented than their guys, to fire out and move the less talented dudes. I want our big... Road graders. I want them to fire out. I want them to hit, some, hit someone, and I want them to move them out of the way. But no, we did a zone scheme on third down. That's not what you want. So, but but Connor was good. Got about three and a half, right? So it's fourth and about a yard. They ran the exact same play, but off guard. They ran it off guard into the B gap zone running game, and Connor got lit up in the backfield. So instead of going straight at the Cowboys, who are a less talented team, and saying, hey guys, Marquise Pouncey, Pro Bowler, David Castro, probably a top three guy at his position. Um, and then actually our offensive line is one of the biggest league-wide. Hey guys, how about you, you just use your brute strength? You don't have to think. You don't have to do anything that you can just do exactly what you've done for 15 years, back since high school. Literally, get in, get in the, the balls of your feet and hit the dude across from you. Hit the dude across from you. If you don't have a guy across from you, hit a linebacker. If you're on the edge, hit a DB. Hit a linebacker. Hit a, hit a defensive end. Hit somebody. Put a hat on a hat. Get a hole. All you need is a yard. 
Instead of doing that, Fickner called three terrible plays to turn the ball over. Moral of the story, yeah, it's a win. They're 8-0. Sweet. They are far from being able to contend with a Kansas City. They don't get off the field on third down. They don't stop the run well enough lately. They don't scheme guys open. They don't scheme guys into the open field. Anthony McFarlane is a blur. I haven't seen the dude in open field since about week three. It's not rocket science. Swing pass. Screen pass. Something to get this dude in open field. I'm not going to use the word here. H-E double hockey sticks. Line him outside outside the numbers. Look, he probably played receiver at some point in his career. He knows how to catch the football. Line him outside the numbers. Put a trip set outside the numbers, outside the hashes. Say, hey, you're going to stay back here. Juju and Chase Claypool are going to block for you. You're going to catch the ball, and you're going to run. Boom, that's eight yards right there. Nope, that seems too difficult for Randy Fickner to wrap his head around. I'm a 19-year-old guy who that's actually never played football above the youth football level, and I can see that. That you got to get your playmakers the ball in space. Instead, we're having Ben thrown to small windows. We're having James Conner run zone schemes up the middle on third and one, on fourth and one. What are we doing? It, it, it fires me up because we have such a talented roster, and we have a decent head coach when it comes to motivation, but their game plans are just so elementary, yet they've been covered up by our turnover margin. Um, so it, it hurts, but I think Andy Reid, if it comes to it, they will he will outcoach Tomlin until the cows come home if to, in the AFC Championship game if they get there. And so my point, we're going to wrap it up here. Yes, the Steelers are a top-five team because, A, yes, their turnover margin is easily number one in the league. They are the best goal-to-go offense in the league. In goal-to-go situations, they are 10-for-10, which is by far the best in the league, which is the hardest spot for an offense to operate is goal-to-go. Windows shrink, zones, you know, um, shrink, running lane shrink. It's as simple as that. It's just harder to operate. There's less field to work with. And they're the best team in football on that. So there are stats that, that show you that, hey, they lead the league in sacks, they lead the league in turnover, all this good stuff. Yet there's just these little coaching things that it's just not... Look, if you have as bad of a half as you did there against the Chiefs, or even against the Bills, or maybe even against the Ravens again, you're done. That's it. You're, you're done. You're out of the game. If you go down to Mahomes after this half, that's it. You're done. Um... So I think it's not the end of the world for the Steelers, but they need to they need to figure it out. Um, because yes, it was a win, but it was only a win because we were playing probably one of the worst three teams in the league. And coincidentally, probably the other two worst teams are in that same division: <laughs> the yeah. Giants and the and the, the Washington Football Team. But um, so it does give me hope that they still have yet to play their best football, and they're still eight no. That's why it gives me hope because. We've seen eight games of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we have yet to see a complete football game. You know, we've seen Ben turn around a little bit. We've seen Connor have a good game. We've seen Claypool go off. We've seen the defense record seven sacks. But we haven't seen the defense impose their will in the same game that Ben can be efficient, in the same game that our running game gets minimum 85 to 90 yards. I'm not asking for a whole lot here. If you running game goes 85 yards, Big Ben adds another 250, no turnovers and our defense is as normal, that's an unbeatable team. Yep. So it gives me hope that we have yet to see how good that they could be. We have yet to see their best football, and they're still a really good football team. But there are these little things that against the top teams in the league, 
they're just not going to fly. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We'll see here. What are I don't know. What are your thoughts on the Pittsburgh team? I think I, I know I shared some of them before we got into this second segment. I think the Steelers need a new offensive coordinator. Randy Feekner is not going to do it. He's bad. He's just bad. I don't like the way he coaches. I don't think that... It's bad. I I don't think that the coaching in Pittsburgh is where it needs to be. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I really couldn't agree more. Randy Feekner, it's just the, the little play calls here and there um, that kind of do it for me. I remember last year... Um, we're playing the Browns, the, the game that Mason Rudolph got his head thoroughly bashed in, and it was like third and seven, and we had Johnny Holton split out wide, three tight ends, and our four-string running back in in the first quarter. I'm saying, okay, why don't we just give up now? Because we might as well just punt the ball on third down if that's going to be your setup. Three tight ends, Mason Rudolph under center, Trey Edmonds nine yards behind Mason Rudolph. Almost looked like he's in the safety, in the kneel-down formation. He's so far back. Yeah. And Johnny Holton split out to your right. You might as well punt the ball on third down. And so it's just things like that. It's like, what are you doing? Like, if I see one more, like, second and 23 where we try to run the ball up the middle, I'm going to be livid. Livid. I agree. The coaching decisions in Pittsburgh are so terribly bad. I don't think it's Tomlin. I don't. I think it's the offensive coordinator. I think it's Randy Figner. 100% of the time. I agree. I think there's a little bit of a uh, an issue with Tomlin and getting his guys kind of motivated to uh, to play these type of games against Terrible competition teams. because we've seen it since his tenure started. Look, this never happened with Cower. Rarely did it happen with Bill Cower. And it's like, like that. Mike Tomlin can't motivate his team for these games against lesser opponents. Jimmy Johnson actually said, that's when he coaches the hardest, when they are heavy favorites. Because, look, you don't need to juice up a football team when they're playing the Ravens on the road. That doesn't take any coaching motivation. And, and my Those ad. dudes, you could walk in into the locker room and you'd be like, oh, yeah, no, it's, they're ready to go. Right. Like they're ready to go. And I know we should have steamrolled Dallas. I know that. But at the same time, you also have to look at the fact that, yes, we are coming off the week where we just played the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, and there's usually a bit of a hangover there. Especially when I, they came out and said it before the game even started that, listen, like we got some guys that are they're beat up, they're bruised up a little bit, um, you know, going to start and take it slow. Well, you, you sure took it slow to start the game because you, you gave everybody in Pittsburgh a heart attack. Um, I watched, I was able to watch like the, 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 the what was it, the beginning of the third. I was able to watch most of the third. But then our it was time to board, and we had to get on an airplane. I'm in the, I'm on the plane the whole flight back from South Carolina, but we were flying out of Savannah. We're flying from Savannah to Pittsburgh, and the whole time, I'm like, wow, because we were losing when I got on the plane. Oh yeah, no, and, they were down thirteen nothing in the first half, and we land, and the first thing that we land, it wasn't welcome to Pittsburgh. It wasn't. Oh well, if you look outside, the weather is sixty three. It's partly cloudy with a wind out of the southeast. No, it wasn't. It's always that. like that. We land, and the the pilot of the airplane <laughs> goes twenty four nineteen Steelers. <laughs> no thing, way. First thing when we land, that's beautiful. Though. <laughs> uh that's awesome. But Steelers are not like no other Steeler fans everywhere. Ben Roethlisberger after the game said, uh, 
look, I know, um, he's like, I know that, uh, what did he say? He said something like, I know that they're technically America's team, um, but, uh, we showed them, like, who America was or something like that. There were more ter- terrible towels in the stands than there were, like, Dallas fans. I'm like, dude, we barely escaped the worst in the league. Let's let's just pump our brakes there, big bang. But it was funny, though. Like, every time, when I was watching the game, when something would happen, like, good for Pittsburgh, I heard more celebration from that crowd than I did when, like, anything decent happened for Dallas. It was, it was kind of funny. Um... But, I mean, overall, Pittsburgh needs to get better against bad competition. Look, yes, luckily we're still 8-0. Uh, we're still undefeated. But if we keep having games like that and keep playing like that, I don't know if we stay undefeated. Um, yeah, I think I think the good news is our schedule's pretty bad. And so we can continue to play not A-plus and still get wins. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when it comes down to it, our defense is so good and we've seen like defense win playoff games you know what i mean and so i think if we can get some home playoff games you you never know and we beat the ravens which is a big thing to consider too when you take out one of the best talented one of the most talented teams in football i agree colin coward at the going into the season in preseason said that this is the the baltimore ravens are the only team that he thinks can go 16 and 0 this year yeah and we beat them and And we probably will beat them again too um, the only game that I see maybe possibly tripping up the Steelers, honestly, I see two games. The Bills? The, I, say the, I see three. I see... So let's go through the schedule right now. I, let's do a quick okay. little, you know. So we got the Bengals next. They win. You know, I, I think they win too, especially at home. Um, I don't have the numbers now, but I think the Steelers like are... There's like something in three. They're like 103 against like quarterbacks making their first ever start. Like yeah. it's, it's a disgusting stat, you know. Um our defenses are historically so good that quarterbacks like making their not their first start, but like rookie quarterbacks, they get swallowed. Yeah, well, they get eaten a lot. So I think that's a win as well. Next game's the Jaguars. I think that's a win. That's a win. Uh, then the Ravens. So that's a game that they could lose. That's a what game they think? could lose. I think they win. I win think, though because they're at home. I think Pittsburgh wins, but I definitely think it's a lose. It's a very possible losing scenario. It's possible. Okay, okay. so we'll start with kind of then the football team, Washington football team, and that's a win. Steelers win. Um, then the Bills. I think Buffalo is actually fair by two and a half. Right I now, think technically I opening think, line. I think Buffalo is honestly one of. I think they they are the best contender to give Pittsburgh their first loss. I agree, and I think it's because of the way Josh Allen extends plays. Look, we see. I told you before the the Houston Texans game. I said the issue with guys like this is our secondary is decent. But let's not act like it's locked down central. Look, Steven Nelson's got cut from, like, three teams. Joe Hayden is, like, what, in his ninth year? Like, it's not like we got a bunch of locked down, you know, Marshawn Lattimore guys, right? Mm-hmm. But our pass rush covers up some of those blemishes because those guys don't have to cover for that long. But if you get a guy that extends the play and those guys have to cover for four or five seconds, it's done. That's it. And Josh Allen has that sort of quality. So, I mean, right now, I would probably take Buffalo. Yeah. We'll see, though, because... I don't know. Well, once we get there, um, yeah. and then the Bengals again. I would okay that game. I honestly scary. see that's scary being, being freaky to me. I think it's going to be really really close um, because let's be real. The Bengals looked pretty good against Baltimore. I don't did they or was that, that one? No, that was that was Cincinnati. Or, that was uh, Cincinnati and Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, they almost beat Cleveland. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I just think that offensive line's so bad, though. Like, Joe Burrow's just going to be overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, then the Colts, which have a really good offensive line, which kind of scares me because if you give Phillip Rivers time. He's going to pick you apart. Yeah, we don't really have the secondary to compete with that. So that's close. And then the Browns, again, I think we kill the Browns. Yeah. So I think you're looking at 13-3 minimum. Mm-hmm. Like, at worst, 13-3. and that, That's kind that's, of crazy. You're hosting playoff games. Right? That's probably the number one seed. Yeah. Chiefs are in contention, but. I would say that's that's close. That gives you the number one. Um, okay, so that's about enough football for today. We're gonna finish out the episode with one of our discussions, um, and and like almost a little debate. But we're not even sure if it's gonna be a debate or not yet, because um, we haven't really even talked about how we feel about it. Uh, and it's going to be about the DH. Okay, so should the dh be abolished do you like the dh um, so are we saying how about we'll go with what do you think should be done with the dh that's a question because whether you abolish it in the al or add it to the nl yeah so what do we do with the dh uh do you want to go first or do you want me to go first i'll go first okay go ahead um i think we add it to the nl we add it to the national league here's the thing I'm just going to give my take real quick. Right. Starting the season, you were I, skeptical. Said, I said that I hated the DH. I wanted the DH out of baseball. After watching this 2020 season with the universal DH, I kind of really like it. Notice how it like changed my everyone, everyone was like, oh, it'll ruin the game. I didn't hear a single person say anything about it all year. No, neither did I. Not once. Once I started watching it and started noticing, I was like, wow. We've been missing out in the National League. We have. Okay, why, why do... I mean, I understand that Bartolo Colon hitting one home run every 700 plate appearances is entertaining. I get it. Then pinch hit him three times a year and call it a day. Yeah. Look, if you want entertaining, you, you can always pinch hit him. Steal, or not the, Steelers, the Pirates have pinch hit Joe Musgrove like a dozen times. Because he's actually not a bad hitter. Yeah. And still, I keep saying it. The Pirates. Pirates. The Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah. Pinch hit Joe Musgrove. It's because they are so bad that he's actually better than some of their bench guys. I swear to God. <laughs> well, I mean, that's just bad. That's a testament to the Pirates. Oh, my God. It's, it, <laughs> it almost is like they're trying to be really bad. Yeah. Okay, but anyway, back on track here. <laughs> I just don't understand it. Like, look, we want the game to be fun. Like, let's adapt. Let's change. Look, the NFL... If they were still going ground and pound defense all day, I mean Joe Green. Power eye. No Power one eye. would watch football. No. Let's look at the ratings. Let's Google it right now because this is kind of a discussion, a little bit informal. We don't have to have stuff prepared for this. Yeah. Let's Google the ratings for Georgia Tech football when they had a triple option. Do you think that's even going to come up, though? Ratings. If you can find this, I'm going to be kind of impressed. Okay, so they—they're actually not a triple option school anymore. So let's just like ballpark. Let's go 2012. Something popped up. That's scores. Sorry, ratings 2015. TV ratings. Oh, actually, 2015. They were really good. That was the year they went to the uh, AFC Championship game. That's unlucky. AFC Championship game. I'm so stupid. The ACC. God, I can't talk. Let's go 2012. Good thing you don't have to talk or anything right now. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> if I find this, it'll be impressive. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I said, if you find this, I'm going to have to give you a raise. TV ratings. 
Oh, here we go. Sweet. Um, I take back what I said about the Reyes. Well, you know. Let's see. Okay, I don't know what this article is going to be like. Let's see here. Can we have a source? Sportsmediawatch.com. Okay. Seems legit to me. I'm just looking out. i got to find Georgia Tech. It's a poorly constructed site. God. Golly, this is a terrible site. All right. Um, oh, that's Texas Tech. We were close. We're getting closer, people. We're getting closer. Warmer. All right. Come on. 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 Oh, my God. This is brutal. We got to go off that site. That's brutal. All right. How about... Ah, 2012 ACC football TV rating roundup. Yeah, all right. Find anything? You know, it's kind of weird. Here we go. Wait. All right, yeah. The bottom five lowest rated games involving an ACC team Georgia Tech was tied for the lowest with 100,000 people watching. To put into perspective, one of the highest rated ACC games that year also involved Georgia Tech. It was the ACC championship game. But that's why it was highly rated because it was the ACC championship game. Look at another game here. Okay, so how about like just a random game from the middle of nowhere, right? Yeah. So take Georgia Tech. Mm -hmm. Still so solid. Add, like, a good team to them. Add, like, a marquee team to them. Okay. Because they were playing Duke in that low-rated game, right? Uh Uh-huh. So then you add a good team against Georgia Tech, and their ratings go up to 2.8 million. Wow. So basically, what I'm getting at here is, look, there's a reason the triple option isn't in football anymore. A, it doesn't work. B, it's boring. Look, as much as people say, like, well, if it works, then who cares if it's boring or not? Um... People do, because at the end of the day, this is a product. Yeah. Yep. Let's let's wrap our head around this, guys, for a second. Um, owners make money, players make money, coaches make money, the people that scoop up trash make money. Mm-hmm. This is all about money. Look, you could boil it down to a sport. Yeah, of course it's a sport. Look, this is a business. It is 100%. And no one wants to see a triple option 16 times a year. No. There's a reason that it changes and it evolves. And so, at baseball, it's time. No one, no one needs to see Charlie Morton try to pick up a bat and hit. Well, I mean, let me tell you, it's brutal. I'll tell you. How about I save us the time of him hitting? And so, what he starts every five days, 162 games divided by five, what? Also, Thirty starts. Yeah. Let's also not forget this is the guy that in batting practice bunted a ball into his face. How about we save him? So what? Thirty starts. Give him. Charlie Morton isn't that wasn't that good for this. Pirates when he was actually batting, so we'll give him two at bats a game. That gets him into roughly like the fifth or sixth inning. Two at bats a game for thirty-one starts. I'll save you the sixty-two at bats of watching him hit and tell you right now, one for sixty-two. Yeah, probably no know. RBIs, probably no runs, probably definitely, and no probably more. a whole lot of sack bunts. Oh yeah. So how about it save us the time and say, hmm, why don't we insert like, oh I don't know, Josh Bell, considering he can't field. so why don't we insert him in the dh spot and actually watch the actual game of baseball being played where it's pitcher versus hitter but we don't tune in for pitcher versus pitcher what do we tune in for the battle the mind game the the x not well not even the x's nose but the you know the the baseball version of x's nose the the mind game that happens between hitter and batter the mind game that happens between 
pitcher and base runner. Yep, and how they're going to keep each other off balance. and It's all a game, and that's why we tune in. We don't tune in to see, you know, Clayton Kershaw breeze three fastballs right by Francisco Liriano, and Liriano flip his bat and walk back to the bench. Yeah. I'd rather see Josh Bell flip over to the right side and try to hit a nuke. Well, yeah, I... I just think it's boring and it's outdated. No one needs to see pitchers hit. That's yeah. It's done. That's I've, it. No one needs to see him hit. I've been saying this time and time again uh, about the MLB, and it's my big knock on the MLB. They don't keep up with the times. I get that there's it's the tradition, and I get that well, baseball has its unwritten rules and, and things you do and things you don't do, and, and it's a gentleman's game. But listen to me. When you are running a business, okay, I'm, I'm a business management major, okay? If I have a business, this podcast is a business. The Issue podcast is a business. If we were not constantly doing new things and we just said, if okay, the first episode we ever made, if we just probably used, way different. If we, just, if we just never bought this stuff. If we just used that. If we just used that one episode plan, and we used the same segments every single time, and we had nothing new being added, what would happen to our podcast? It'd be in the can. Like it a would month. fail. Yeah. So if you're running a business, you need to constantly looking at ratings and thinking, how can I make this better? How can I improve? I understand you, you adapt. I understand that there is tradition and you don't have to get away from your tradition. But adding things like a universal DH that we saw this year that really, really worked out, I think could be at least a step in the right direction for you. Notice how you didn't hear anyone say, Wow, there's DH in the National League this year, we're gonna put an asterisk by it. Yeah. No, we don't. No. Because we actually have more athletes playing now. Yeah, and it, it was more exciting to watch. It was just better. Um, it was I, better. I just, there's not an automatic out at the end of the lineup. I understand there's strategy and your double switches and and you know your lineup configuration and maybe putting the pitcher at eighth instead of ninth. No one actually cares. Yeah. No one cares because when it comes down to it, it's an automatic out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Simple as that. If you actually wanted to utilize a pitcher, people would bat him second. Because your first guy gets on base a lot, mm-hmm. that generally is, is the guy, you know, especially according to Moneyball, you bat the guy who gets on base. Yep. So why wouldn't you put your pitcher second, bunt him over for your quote-unquote best hitter batting third to hit him in? But no, because they just put the pitcher at the end because he sucks. Well, so it's not strategic. Don't tell me it's strategic, because if it was strategic, he'd be batting second. The pitcher would be batting second. And think about this, too. You have a league like the NFL... Okay, well just there's a reason the NFL's ratings and revenue are the best ever. Yeah, just take the, just take this as an example, okay? The NFL is I would say and I always say this about the NFL. They are the best they're the most successful at, league. They're they're the best league at adapting, at listening to their players, listening to their at, fans, yes. coaches. Now, look at this example, right? How long ago did NFL did the NFL start miking up their players? Uh, a long time, dude. Yeah. There's videos yeah, no, that yeah. read from like 2007. Yeah, like To from like, like 2004. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And for sure, this is like the first year, other than the All Star game last year, where baseball players have been mic'd up. It's ridiculous. I don't get it. Them and golf are so slow on the mic'd up thing. What it's are we just, doing? That's what I'm saying. I would pay to hear Bryson DeChambeau for eight, 18 holes. That dude is hilarious. Or, Hilarious. Or even Tiger Woods and just hear what's going on. Also, while we're on the topic of golf. Add the golf carts, man. Well, add the golf carts. 
can we legalize like a, a 30 rack on the golf course for those pro golfers? <laughs> a little swing oil for Bryson DeChambeau because that would be hilarious. That would be hysterical, <laughs> dude. I think they should have they should have had a Bev cart, you know, person uh, at that Brady Manning one because that would have been hilarious. You get Brady Manning with a little Tiger Phil with a couple couple spiked Arnold Palmers on a, on a sponsorship there. That would be hilarious. Oh, man. That would be hysterical. Well, maybe we should start a TV network and start getting that rolling. A little pay-per-view action. Um, but, no, listen. When you have to adapt. You have to change. I think this year, the change was forced upon the MLB. It was forced on them. Would they have done this in normal circumstances? Absolutely no. not. But the listen, doesn't mean they can't still learn from Link Summit, it, though. It, it learn worked. something from it. Did I said that right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. It worked. Go with it. Stick with it. Keep adapting. Keep moving forward. Uh, I, I love the DH. I think it really... I, I hated it coming in. You are talking. You were hearing it from somebody who was converted. I was converted. Yeah, you were. From I DH. was on it from the beginning. I said the DH was yeah. a good idea. I hated the DH. I was on the Bob Walk band, the DH train eight years ago, and I stuck by that. And you know I what? I gave actually. it. A, I gave it a chance this year. I gave it a chance, and you know what happened? It was more exciting. It was more entertaining. It brought more revenue. It brought more out of home viewership. Viewer. Yes. So. It's just stick better for the sport. Like, with it. stick with get it. Get moving here. You're losing ratings. Look, NBA is increasingly popular. NHL is increasingly popular. NFL is more popular than ever. But the MLB is the only one on the decline. Why? Yep. And you look at why they are not They're keeping just up like, with the times. I understand it's a relatively boring sport. So, so do what you can to spice it up. Yeah. If you know for a fact it's boring, why would you not do anything? Within the bounds of of logistics to to fix it. Well, Dan, I don't agree. They they started doing the the game clock thing, but they had never really panned out. Which I'm no. glad it didn't because it sucked. That was dumb. Yeah. Uh, we will have Dan Altavilla on. Maybe we could ask him. We'll yeah. pitch that around. See what he thinks. We'll we'll talk to him about the game clock. I don't think he also, has any at bats because he's been in the American League and he's a reliever. So. No, yeah, but, but that'd be funny. I would also like to th- just throw out, get his opinion on the DH too. Absolutely. We're also gonna have. Um, well, what's today here? The ninth is Monday. The ninth. Um, I think the the first week in December we actually have um, Josh Johnson. He is a Kent State Division One baseball player, center fielder uh, for the Kent State Golden Flashes. I want to say um, he is actually scheduled to appear. Maybe we could even pitch that to him. Obviously, yeah. DH is legal. I think in all of college, yep. there's different rules, but maybe we'll pitch that idea to him. See what he has to think from a more advanced baseball perspective obviously we both played at a high level through high school and like um had the opportunity to play in college and had the opportunity to play yeah and also like you know national tournaments all that good stuff you know we understand baseball at a fairly high level but uh being a division one baseball player that's a different level you know so maybe we could get his his opinion on that because you know he's a guy that that could be a dh this dude is massive right we'll we'll do a little preface on him this dude's like six three probably i'd say 215 215 but actually, when you look at him, doesn't even look that big. No, he's just because it's crazy because he can still fill out. And it's he, insane. Well, uh, runs like a gazelle. I was, to, I was about to say he runs like a gazelle, and he is one of the most athletic people that I've ever been around. Oh, it's insane! Yeah, I remember. You know, I would just watch him practice. And can I say? Let me just say, really good at Call of Duty too. Oh, <laughs> fantastic! It reminds me of like a Blake Snell. Obviously, Blake Snell's a pitcher, but like 
you know, Blake Snell streams and stuff, and he's, yeah. like, pretty decent, right? And it kind of reminds me of that because he is pretty filthy. I was actually playing with him last night. He's gross, right? Yeah. Um, but, I mean... Just overall... It'll I be, think it'll be good. To it'll have be fun show. to have him on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we have a lot in it's the. It's gonna works. be a really informal thing. I think we're just gonna have just a full episode of it. Yep, just sit him down, talk. Sit to him, him down, just, just an hour. Just pick his brain, have some fun, roll through it. it just might, talk. It's gonna be an all baseball episode, which is gonna be kind of refreshing. We've had a lot of football. Yeah. So it's gonna be it's gonna be refreshing. Get all baseball. It'll be cool. Yeah, and then eventually, um, Dan Altavilla will be on. He had a family matter, um, so he's he's out for about a month dealing with. Um, you know, just just take it on thing, yeah. Yep. So hopefully we'll be able to get him on, get Josh on. It'll be a great time. Big things coming up. So, yep. and that's just about does it for today's episode. Yeah. Uh, make sure you guys are going to our Instagram at the underscore issue podcast and our Twitter at the issue podcast. Oh wait, hold um, up, real quick. Let's get an update of that game. Maybe it came out of break. Yep. What are we looking at? <sighs> Let's see here. Oh, in the fourth quarter, with 6.07 left in the fourth quarter. Who's winning? The Jets are up 27-20. to 20. Wow. Well, this is unexpected. Cam Newton, 22 for 24. Look at the precision. Ah. 188 yards, no touchdowns, no picks, 99 QBR. Mm. Should have started Rex Burkhead in fantasy. You guys kind of going off. <laughs> um, Joe Flacco, 17 for 22, 254, three touchdowns, no picks, 154 QBR. That's good. That's really <laughs> Joe good. Joe Flacco. Look at this guy, huh? Um, all right, that's all we have for today, though, guys. But, uh, yeah, definitely tune in Wednesday. We're going to have quarterback tiers. Um, Monday thoughts. We're going to have our thoughts on this game here. Yeah. And it's going to be solid overall. Absolutely. Thanks for listening, guys. That was The Issue.